My name is Brad, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Church, and I want to thank you for listening to one of our messages from Hillside Church. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking today. So if it's me speaking or if it's someone else, we pray that the message you are about to hear would allow you to know God, know His hope, know His purpose, and know His power. Enjoy the message. starting a brand new sermon series, a new summer series called All Grown Up. Over the summer, Pastor Matt and I are going to be walking through a couple of verses from Galatians chapter 5, where Paul lists off what we would know as the fruit of the Spirit. It's a a list of nine character traits or qualities that that show up in our lives when, when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's, that's what the term fruit of the Spirit alludes to. The idea being that you've got the fruit of the, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and that that would produce fruit inside of our lives, inside of us. Jesus will say in, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, he'll say, you can identify a tree by its fruit. Now, now that seems pretty basic. That seems pretty, yes. You can do that. That if you, if you see an apple on a tree, you can identify that that's probably an apple tree. That, that, that's, that's not too terribly profound. But when we understand the truth of this from what Jesus said, it's actually very profound when we take that principle and apply it to our lives. Jesus will say that you can look at the fruit of a tree, and as you look at the fruit of a tree, you can, you can tell whether that is a, a good tree or a bad tree. And, and for us as believers, for us as followers of Jesus, the, that same principle remains true in our lives. See, our lives are going to bear fruit. Just, just like a fruit tree is going to bear fruit, but not every fruit tree bears good fruit. Some trees it's good, but, but some trees not, not so much. I remember growing up, we, we had a crabapple tree. And for a few years, it had really good crabapples. But it, it became increasingly difficult to find ones that weren't gross. Year after year after year. The, the, the tree, it, it wasn't producing great fruit. And Paul will talk about this in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19. He'll talk about all kinds of fruit in our lives that's not good. And he'll talk about, these are the hallmarks of a life lived without the Spirit. And it's all kinds of different things. It's not good fruit at all. It's bad fruit. But then Paul goes on to tell us what what the fruit of a life grown in the Holy Spirit looks like. He'll say this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such. There is no law. Over the summer, we're going to explore what it looks like for us to be trees that grow good fruit. See, we're, all, we're all growing and changing. We're all growing up from seeds and saplings into trees. The only question is, what kind of fruit is your life going to produce? What kind of fruit is my life going to produce? 
See, what we're going to talk about when we talk about growing in the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is, is us having our character and who we are changed by God. It, it's, good, it's God changing us from the inside to the outside. Who we are at the core of us and really changing us. And what it means to be really changed is that we don't just learn how to follow the rules. We don't just learn how to act. But it means right down to the middle of who we are. And you really get to see who you are when things are squeezed. When you get the squeeze. Who are you when you get the squeeze? When you get squeezed? You, you see this orange. No, you can't. Now you can. You, you see this orange. You and I can see this is, in fact, an orange. Now, I was, I was doing some, some reading and some researching about fruit. And did you know that grocery stores are allowed to spray paint their fruit? There, there is a, a chemical that they're allowed to spray on their fruit. It, it's not a dangerous chemical. It's not like spray paint like a can of bear or something. Um, but it, it, it's a thing to help make the fruit look better. And, and so when you go into your grocery store, you may be buying spray painted fruit so that your fruit, so that your orange looks more like an orange or your apple is a little more shinier, or whatever it may be, the different fruit. But you see this orange, and we can make some assumptions on what the inside of this orange is like. It looks good. It looks healthy. I bought it at Save on Foods. Well, actually, Yvonne did. Um, but we bought it at Save on Foods. So, so they've got good produce. We can guess that. It looks nice. I have gotten oranges from there before, and they've been good. I know what's in here is probably going to be healthy and sweet, but the only way to know what's inside this orange is that we really have to squeeze it to find out... Whoa! Whoa! This is not going very well. It's a good one. But you squeeze it, and then you can see, okay, this is what's come out of the orange, and you can taste it and see pretty good. But you've had a bad orange... In your life, you've probably taken out an orange, opened it up, oh, this looks good, and bit into it and went, oh. You know, you get those mandarin oranges at Christmas time. And every once in a while, there's the real dud inside the box. And you're not finishing it. But you can't always tell from the outside. It takes a, an inspection or a, a, a discovery of what is inside that orange to know whether it's good or bad. Now, sometimes... You can tell from the outside. There's a little bit of green fur on that orange, or, or when you're, nope, we're not eating that one. But you can't always just tell from the outside. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and this stuff, the stuff that comes out of this orange, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is in our lives. That's how we understand what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's, it's what comes out of the orange when it's squeezed, and it's what comes out of you and me when we're squeezed. 
This is what it means for us to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's not just that we would know more about the qualities that are listed. It's not that we would just know we need to have more of the qualities that are listed. But it's that we would begin to see more of these qualities that are listed. That, that we would live in a more loving way. That we would be more joyful. That we would bring more peace with us. And it's kind of fitting because our first fruit of the Spirit that we're going to look at today is love. I mean, we as a church have spent the last three weeks talking about the importance of loving each other. And now this week, our theme will be love again. So this week kind of acts like a part four to our last sermon series and part one of this sermon series. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is the first on the list. And, and as you may know, as you may be aware... Love is a pretty important concept in the Bible. It's something Jesus would come back to time and again. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? You know, he gave two. And they were both centered around the same idea. Love God, love people. When Jesus gave us a new commandment, he says, a new commandment I give to you, it was to love. When Jesus said, my disciples will be known by one thing, it was love. Love is a big deal. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about a whole bunch of different topics and theology. And in chapter 12, Paul goes on to write about spiritual gifts. I don't think, I, I don't know if I mentioned at the start. We're going to be in, in 1 Corinthians 13 today. Um, we're gonna, that's where, where we're going to be if I didn't mention that at the beginning. But that's where we're going to be today. But in, in 1 Corinthians 12... Paul writes all about spiritual gifts, and he talks all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when, when it comes to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, there's really two things that, that we look at that we talk about. The, the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what we're, we're talking about, and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the reality of the church of today, and probably most days, is that when we talk about being filled by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit and what it means to have the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us, the gifts of the Spirit tend to get the higher billing. What's your gifts? Do, do you speak in tongues? What's your miracle situation like? Do you prophesy? That, that, that's, you know, we, we do spiritual gift tests, and we, we want to know more, what, more of, 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 your, of what it means for us to have the spiritual gifts, and do we have them? What, what, is, what does your life look like? What evidence do you have that the Holy Spirit is at work in you? And we want to look for the, the gifts of the Spirit. But at the end of, of chapter 12... Paul has written all about the gifts of the Spirit and how they work and what they are and how as, as followers of Christ, as, as, as the body of Christ, our gifts all work together. And he goes back to, 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 or he brings everything at the end of chapter 12 to a conclusion. And then there's one little straggler verse that shows up at the end of, of chapter 12. And it goes back to a little bit of what we talked about last week of, of remembering to read our Bibles, not just in chapter and verse, but to understand that when Paul wrote, he didn't write chapter 12, then 13. He just wrote a letter and we added that stuff in later. And so as we read chapter 12, it's not like it concludes and then he starts a new chapter. They just flow into one another. But at the end of chapter 12, there's this little straggler verse that says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So he goes on to unpack all about spiritual gifts and how they work. And then he says, but yet, 
I've got something more to show you. I've got something more for you to understand. There's something more for us, a more excellent way than what we've just talked about. There's something more excellent than these gifts. There's evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, and it's more than just speaking in tongues. There's a more clear evidence that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you and that you can see him released in your life. And then Paul begins chapter 13 like this. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging, clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but if I have a faith, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. If you really have the Holy Spirit, the proof isn't in all the things that you have done. If you really have the Holy Spirit, the proof is in your fruit. I have met mean tongue-speaking Christians. And we think that because we speak in tongues or, or because the, I, I, I carry myself that way, that we're growing and maturing in our faith. But Paul said that without the fruit, you're just making noise. People are selfish and mean, but speak in tongues and think they're Holy Spirit-filled people. But Paul says it's not it. It's just noise. You can prophesy, but you're not kind to people. You can speak mysteries, but you're not loving to people. You can tell me, thus says the Lord, but you don't show love. You can give all your money away and do all of these amazing things, even die for God. But Paul says, if you don't have love, it's not worth anything. Paul will tell us that we can do all of these things, and, and many of these things require the Holy Spirit. If we're going to speak in tongues, if we're going to prophesy, if we're going to, to act, do the things that are Holy Spirit-powered, we need the Holy Spirit. But if we make the mistake of thinking that what the Holy Spirit can do through us is more, the, more important than what the Holy Spirit does in us, then we've missed the point completely. And all that stuff that we want to hang our hats on, because look what I did, it doesn't matter. Because it wasn't done in the fruit. Paul says, don't, don't just look at the gifts. Look at the fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So you only get the fruit if something's planted there. You can't get an apple if an apple seed wasn't planted there. Right, Cam? He knows more about gardening than anybody else I know. And that's true, right? Yeah. That's right. As far as he knows. It can, you could have a tree that looks like an apple tree, but it's only an apple tree if you can get an apple from that tree. The evidence that it's an apple tree is in the actual existence of the apple. See, 
Paul paints this amazing picture of a life lived for Christ in these verses. Let's take the first, just the first parts of these verses and, and make a resume. I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. All right. I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. All right. I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship. Give me that. Give me a church of that. Give me a life of that. That sounds like just what we would want. What, this is what we would hold up and say this. This is it. This is what we would want. This is what we need. This is who we should be. It's spirit-filled. It's the Holy Spirit working over this life. This is a life lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. It looks like a Christian. A good Christian. A really good Christian. It has all the hallmarks. But Paul says, don't just... Look and assume. Look closer. Look, look for the apple. Look for the truth, or look for the fruit. Because when we take the first half of the verse, we get one picture. But when we take the second half of these verses, we get a totally picture, or a totally different resume. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm only making noise. I am nothing. I gain nothing. Not nearly as inspiring. Not nearly as, as, as goal setting. This is what we, this is who we want to be as believers. We, we want to be noisy, just making noise, doing nothing and being nothing. But it's the same person. It's the same life. The same things done. It all looked right. But when we got a little closer, when we got right up close, we saw something that really, 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 really looked like an apple tree. A really impressive, inspiring apple tree. But when you got up close, even though it really looked like an apple tree, there were no apples. There wasn't any fruit. And without the apples, an apple tree isn't worth very much. Without the fruit, it's not worth much. But we say, look at all these amazing things. Look at all the spiritual things. How can you say it's not worth much? I'm not the one saying it. Paul is. It's the Bible. I'm not trying to downgrade or, or make meaningless the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that they are important and that they are how God works through us and, and that, that we have been given gifts and you have been given gifts and together we as the body of Christ have been given these gifts. But Paul says that it, it, it's not just the existence of the gifts that we should look for, but it's the fruit that they're done with. That if I, I do all of these amazing things, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels and I prophesy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and I can do all that and I can give everything away and even die for all of this, but it's not done with the fruit, it's all meaningless. 
when we just look at the outside, what it looks like to others, the actions, it's amazing. But Paul says, your life with God, your Holy Spirit filling, isn't just about what you do. It's more about who you are. What the Holy Spirit does in us is more important than what the Holy Spirit does through us. Paul goes on a few verses later after talking about what love really is and what it means to tell us. Or, or, sorry, Paul goes on to talk about what, what love is and, and why the fruit is important and why the fruit is what really matters. In verse 8, he says this, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. See, all, all, the, all the gifts, all the spiritual gifts of everything that we read about in chapter 12, all of them, they're for a moment. I can prophesy, I can tell you, thus says the Lord, but at some point, the Lord has thus said. I can speak in tongues, but at some point I'm going to be stopped. Not that I can't anymore, but life. I can, I can heal somebody. They're still going to die. Everybody who Jesus healed did. He raised people from the dead, but they're not around today. All, all of these things, all of the gifts, speaking in tongues, prophesy, I have the Spirit given depths of knowledge. All of these things, they're for a moment of time. But the fruit, it's different. It remains. Paul says all these things, they're, they're here for a moment, but verse 13, now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I want us as a church to be an orchard of trees, of good trees, bearing good fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, all these things that the world needs right now, all these things that will last I want us to be a people that when we get poked, when we get squeezed, or, or when someone sinks their teeth into us, what comes out is good and right and healthy. And it's sweet. It's not sour. It's not bitter. I want to close with one last verse for us today. And it's a verse that's a promise from Jesus about our lives and about our fruit. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Aren't you grateful today that God is on your side? You're not... You're not called to be loving. It's not the fruit of Carol. 
It's not the fruit of Mel. It's not the fruit of Paul. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's what God gives us. I'm not called to try and be more loving because I cannot be loving enough. I don't love people enough. I don't, and I can't. I won't be able to do it. But it's not the fruit of me that gets me there. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's Jesus saying, I have called you, and I have appointed you that you're going to bear fruit, and it's going to be fruit that lasts. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your work is never done. I thank you that, that we don't come to a point or a place in our lives or in our journey with you where we come to a point where you say, that's it, I'm finished. Either because we're so amazing or because we're so broken. But God, I thank you that day in and day out, your mercies are new every day. Your love is new every day, that every day as we come into to a new day, that, that we get to discover that day in and day out, you have more for us. And so, God, I pray for our church. I pray for, for our Hillside Church family. I pray for those here, for those watching, for those who will be listening to this. God, I pray for all of us that we would continue to bear good fruit that our lives would be a good fruit, that we would be an orchard of good fruit trees, that we would grow up and that our trees just wouldn't look impressive, that our trees wouldn't just look somehow like they are all together and all right and all good. But God, I pray that you would help us to be able to be a good orchard filled with good trees that bear good fruit. That when we're squeezed, when life gives us a squeeze, when people give us a squeeze, when, pe when the world around us gives us a very tight, very hard squeeze, that what comes out of us is the fruit of the Spirit. That what comes out of us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That as we are squeezed, may what people see is Christ in us. See Jesus in us. See the Holy Spirit in us. See your love in us and that we would be able to, to be squeezed and yet be loving. God, I pray that we would be a people of love, that we would love deeply, that we would love hard, that we would do our best to love unconditionally, that we would love the way we've been loved and the way we've been called to love. And so, Jesus, we love you. And we know that in you, you will make this work in us. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I could write a melody that all of heaven's choir sings. Thanks for listening to this message from Hillside Church. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Hillside Church, there are a couple places you can go. HillsideAirdrie.ca is our website, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HillsideAirdrie. You can also look us up on YouTube and find all of our messages on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect to the pastoral team at Hillside, you can do that through our website, HillsideAirdrie.ca, and click on About Us in the main menu, and then click on Our Pastors. 
We're so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Hillside Church, we are a family, not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. As family, we go. At best, it all means nothing. With our love, it all means nothing. I can dine with the kings and queens. My name go down in history. But if I don't have love, it means nothing. So take the old and make me new. Show me how to love like you. Cause if I don't have love, it means nothing. If I can love my neighbor like I love myself. Oh. If I won't move when my brother cries out for help. Yeah. If I'm too proud to forgive before the sun goes down. Then this life that I'm living, what is it me now? At best it all means nothing. Oh God, with a love crashing symbol yeah. no I don't want to be some empty noise down on my knees Lord I surrender Jesus help me to love with the love like yours Jesus, Jesus. Oh. I don't want to sound like a crashing symbol no, 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 no. I don't want to be some empty noise Oh, I'm down on my knees Lord, I surrender oh, Help me to love with a love like yours And then it like I love myself and I want to move when my brother cries out for help don't want to be too proud to forgive before the sun goes down then this life that I've been living what would it mean the best it will all mean something With love, it all means something. Yeah.
all mean something.